networkers everywhere, and welcome to the Network Insider Podcast, brought to you by your favorite tech experts from Cisco. Today, we'll be discussing the evolution of Wi-Fi 6, how it is ready to power entirely new experiences, offering faster speeds for immersive experience applications to connect users at any point in any time. My name is Jasmine, and I'll be your moderator for today. We have two great speakers here, and I'll dive in. Byron, I'll start with you. Who are you, and what do you do at Cisco? Hi, Jasmine. My name is Byron McGrain, and I'm a product marketing manager for the wireless team here at Cisco. Joining me today is to impart his expertise in all things Wi-Fi 6 is Christian Radakanu, a manager in our wireless product management team. Christian, hope all is well. Hi, Byron. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, everybody. Uh, like Byron said, I'm working in Wi-Fi I'm managing the Access Point product management team. And for the past, I don't know, two, three years, I've been working almost exclusively on Wi-Fi 6. Great. Yeah, so Christian, you and I have had a lot of conversations about Wi-Fi 6 over the past year or so and, you know, how, it, how it's important. So why don't we start at the beginning, okay? Um, so today we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about Wi-Fi 6, or as it's also known, 802.11ax. Can you talk to me a bit about how Wi-Fi 6 came about? how it evolved over some generations, and what makes Wi-Fi 6 so interesting compared to earlier standards? Sure. So prior to this current Wi-Fi standard or generation, we have been using this alphabet soup, so to speak, 811N or BG in the past, or 11AC, and then we added a flavor of 11AC Wave 1, Wave 2. And the latest Wi-Fi standard is actually called per IEEE, um, the same nomenclature, 811AX. But Wi-Fi Alliance, who owns the brand Wi-Fi, realized that this whole IEEE denomination actually is confusing people. A regular person who is not working in, in Wi-Fi would not know whether 811AX is the rate, latest one. Is it any better than 11AC? You know, what does it do? Is it good for me? Should I you know, go ahead and deploy or buy something with AX or not? So they suggested and we embraced this idea to use the generational number of the Wi-Fi standard. And it turns out 811AX is the sixth generation of Wi-Fi, hence the number six. So it, it's not the first one, it's not the second one, it's actually the sixth one. And we're now uh, renaming the prior ones, 11AC being Wi-Fi 5, 11N Wi-Fi 4, and so on and so forth. Okay, that, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so with this background in mind, it sounds as if the uh, Wi-Fi 6 standard can provide a lot of great features and functionalities. You know, um, how do these features solve the challenges that enterprises are currently facing? Sure. So Wi-Fi was um, initially kind of used to provide like ad hoc, best effort type of connectivity. I want to check my email on the go. I want to check my calendar. Maybe I have some sort of an instant messaging app. This was back when Wi-Fi 4 or 11N got introduced, but things evolved quite a bit since then. Wi-Fi is right now probably the only or the main way of accessing the network for most devices. I'm using my laptop now. I cannot even attach a wire to my laptop unless I buy, I don't know, $79 dongle. So most of the work that people are doing in enterprises are based on Wi-Fi. So it is critical to have not just a good connection, but a reliable connection that can provide the needed connectivity for whatever work we do on all of our devices, whether we check email or we record a podcast or we work on a presentation or we have a WebEx video call, 
whatever it is, that's basically relying on Wi-Fi. So Wi-Fi 6 was built pretty much from the ground up with those in mind, and it was designed to address capacity constraints, knowing that Wi-Fi is using the same spectrum, the same frequencies that all the Wi-Fi, uh, prior Wi-Fi generations were using, but now we need to basically cram more into that spectrum. We need to have more devices, more bandwidth, and pretty much better reliability, better latency for all these type of apps that are relying on such, such a thing as latency and bandwidth. Yeah, so it sounds to me like uh, Wi-Fi is becoming a real important tool for, for just about everybody, from small businesses to large businesses. That's definitely so. And it is, you know, connectivity right now, it's not a luxury. It's not something that, you know, you like it to be there. Basically, everybody expects connectivity to be there. And when I say connectivity, I primarily mean Wi-Fi. Whenever you go into, let's say, an indoor type of location, whether it's your office or a coffee shop or a retail store or even a clinic in a hospital or something like that, you do expect Wi-Fi to be there, and not just to be there, to be there reliably. And Wi-Fi 6 is basically addressing that for all sorts of um, organizations, whether they are large, small, medium, or whatever. And again, it is designed to solve these needs for all these organizations. And you asked me earlier, and I realized now I didn't quite answer fully your, your question, how is Wi-Fi 6 solving this? Well, there are quite a few features that are were added on top of the prior generation Wi-Fi 5, which makes Wi-Fi 6 pretty much unique. Yes, it does you know, improve the bandwidth by increasing the channel width. Yes, it does improve the bandwidth by increasing the modulation or adding things like 8x8 uh, to become real. But I would argue that probably the main feature in Wi-Fi 6 is something called OFDMA, and I know it's a mouthful. It stands for orthogonal frequency division multiple access. In a nutshell, with OFDMA, Wi-Fi is able to basically use the same spectrum, the same frequencies, and divide that into smaller pieces so that it can serve a single wireless access point or router, can connect or have connected to it multiple devices, phones, tablets, things of that nature, at the same time to send or receive data packets, whether that packet is a video packet or an audio packet or a simple data packet for an email type of application. OFDMA allows basically two things. One, a more reliable connection, so these devices will connect to a wireless access point concurrently. And two, because the connectivity is done concurrently, the latency is kept down so that when we have this live conversation right now, I'm using Wi-Fi, basically the latency, which is critical for these two ways uh, type of applications, stays low irrespective of the number of devices connected to that access point. And that's critical for a lot of apps nowadays. Um, I kind of like to pivot a little bit now that we've kind of gotten, you know, the background of what the standard is all about. And, you know, um, I just kind of want to talk to you about, like, what's going on today. I think, you know, that we all know, you know, about the world that we're living in today and things of that nature. So how does... Um, how do you think that Wi-Fi 6 is going to assist companies once we start getting back to uh, business as usual? Sure. Obviously, this is not, let's say, normal times. Uh, we're recording this from home. I think a lot of people are working from home nowadays and they're trying to you know, make, make the best out of it. But on the other hand, I think a lot of people do expect to go back into the office 
at some point in the future, hopefully that's soon, sooner rather than later. But as workers go back into the office, we do fully expect that, let's say, things will not necessarily go back to how they were in 2019 overnight or maybe ever. And some, let's say, ways of how people work will likely change for um, a significant period of time. As we see companies kind of starting to reopen, let's talk about an office space. We do see companies starting to get workers back into the offices, but these are, this is not happening overnight with everybody. We're seeing this happening in phases. You have maybe 10%, 15 20%, whatever that is, in an initial phase, and then these percentages likely to increase in later phases. And this is happening across several months. Now, as people work with one another, the usage of WebEx with video or whatever online collaboration tool with video increased pretty much overnight. Now, as people go back into the office, the usage of WebEx with video is highly unlikely to decrease. It's likely going to stay the same. Why? We're working with the same people. Not all of those people will be back in office. And some will be in office, some will be at home, or a combination of, of the two. And the use of, let's say, WebEx with video, again, is likely going to stay the same as today. But that load, instead of being handled by you know, the networks at home, is being transferred into the office. So with Wi-Fi 6 or with the Wi-Fi network in general, as you see this load coming from the home back into the office, is likely going to trigger an increase in the office or the enterprise Wi-Fi usage. Not everybody was using WebEx with video when everybody was in office. A lot of times meetings happen in person. Now those meetings very likely will happen online with video turned on, so the meetings are more engaging. And the Wi-Fi network needs to be able to handle this, it needs to be able to handle the increased number of devices in, in the office, and those devices pushing a lot of data. Video is actually uh, needing a lot of data, and everybody wants to have you know clear audio and clear video, high definition video or ultra high definition things like that, and also having the latency keeping down so that we can have a two way conversation in real time. What does this all mean? Is workers are going back into offices in phases, the load or the capacity that is needed to be provided by the Wi-Fi network, that needs to increase as well versus what was there last year. And Wi-Fi 6 actually is designed to handle that capacity increase so that you can have spikes with no uh, degradation in quality or reliability of the network. So as companies, organizations are looking to transition their workers back into the office, now it's a good time to evaluate whether the network is able and capable to handle the load as the load will likely going to be there in the next few weeks, few months. Well, Christian, I think a lot of your last answer kind of answered the next question I was going to have, but I, you know, I did want to kind of mention it just in case we wanted to expound on this a little bit more. So, you know, as, as we know, the mobility trends are going nowhere but up and, you know, more devices are jumping on the network. Um, the apps that, that those devices are using are eating more are eating up more and more data, kind of like you mentioned. If you're a network administrator, I, I bet it feels like you're shoveling sand against the tide. You know, how do you think a, um, how does a Wi-Fi network help? 
Well, I think for a network admin, now is a good time to go and evaluate how the network in general and the Wi-Fi network in particular is going to be able to cope with what's about to come. You know that saying, no, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Um, and I think nowadays it's probably a better time than ever with offices being almost empty to evaluate whether the organization, the enterprise has the right type of network to handle the load. You know, we're talking about WebEx with video in an office space, but we can go and talk about some other verticals, what that load will look like. And uh, I think the first step is to look at Wi-Fi 6. Again, it was built to handle capacity. It was built to handle increased bandwidth and lower latency. And I, I cannot you know, recommend strongly enough that if a network admin is looking at the network that was deployed several years ago based on the standard that was designed 10 years ago, now is probably a good time, a very good time to reevaluate whether those products, those type of wireless access points or wireless network in general, that network is capable to handle the capacity you need today. Right. And the, and the good news is that there's probably not going to be a lot of people in the office. So you're, you're able to kind of do this safely, number one, and also kind of unencumbered where people need the, the network. Is that correct? That's correct. So obviously, you know, people's safety and, you know, health is um, top of mind for everybody nowadays. And being able to go and, and perform some work in the office, whether you need to reconfigure something or replace an access point or deploy a new one, when you have fewer people around, that, that's key. Also, because there are fewer people around in the office, let's say a network um, disruption when you need to replace an access point is not going to impact the business as is. Great, yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's incredibly important. So and, and that, a network that is larger is able to accommodate more devices. That's, that's abundantly clear. But what are some other reasons why Wi-Fi 6 is important for, um, for enterprise organizations? You know, I know I'm sure there's some economic reasons you might want to touch on. And you specifically, why should a network admin upgrade? Sure. So, uh, again, Wi-Fi is moving. It's, you mentioned the tide. It's tide that is moving every few years, coming up with a new standard. And, again, the new standards don't appear because, you know, some engineers, they think of uh, something new to do. New standards appear because the needs are evolving and evolving quite a bit. And for an enterprise, there are a few other reasons to consider, let's say, upgrading to Wi-Fi 6 from let's say, a prior uh, standard like Wi-Fi 4 and Wi-Fi 5. And there are a few related to economics, but there are others related to infrastructure. So Wi-Fi, while it's changing and it's adding a few features, the knowledge base, let's say the basics of it, are not changing significantly from one standard to the next, which means that a network admin that deployed, managed a Wi-Fi 4 or Wi-Fi 5 network, that expertise is easily leverageable to now deploy and manage a Wi-Fi 6. You don't have to relearn how to manage or design a network. A lot of that expertise is easily transferable to Wi-Fi 6. From an economics perspective, like an, from an enterprise perspective, Wi-Fi standards, by definition, are backwards compatible. So let's say you upgrade your network or deploy a new network with Wi-Fi 6. And one of the questions that may come to your mind is, what happens to my devices, which may not necessarily be the latest and greatest? 
I may have an older printer, a barcode scanner, or even my laptop. I just got a new one, let's say last year. I'm not gonna replace or refresh this for another two, three years or whatever. Well, Wi-Fi 6 access point or network will act as a Wi-Fi 4 or Wi-Fi 5 or even earlier standards depending on what the device is that is connecting to it. So Wi-Fi 6 will allow prior generation devices to be connected to it with no problem whatsoever. So if you have, again, an old device, whether that's a phone, laptop, tablet, or an IoT type of device, and if it's not Wi-Fi 6, that's okay. Those will connect just fine with a Wi-Fi 6 to a Wi-Fi 6 access point. And if you have newer devices, like Wi-Fi 6 devices, those will also connect and they will benefit from these new features that are being added as well. So are, um, are more device makers, are they really kind of, are they getting on this, you know, Wi-Fi 6 train? Are there going to be a lot more um, devices? Yeah, yeah. So the, the tide has, you know, started to, uh, to move into this direction. We actually projected last year that the first device with Wi-Fi 6 will start appearing in 2019. And we said that 2020 is going to be the year where majority of newly shipped devices, when I say device, I mean phones, tablets, uh, laptops and whatnot, will be okay. Wi-Fi 6 devices. And the reality is here today. I was actually checking WFA, the Wi-Fi Alliance website, I believe a few weeks ago for devices that are certified for Wi-Fi 6. And there are close to 200 phones, type of phones certified. So today, wow. if you wanna buy a smartphone, a new smartphone, chances are you will not be able to find a non-Wi-Fi 6 phone if you go for, let's say, a, let's say a medium to a high-end phone. Well, laptops, gotcha. we're already seeing um, most vendors moving into Wi-Fi 6 um, area or, let's say, compatibility, and more devices are being, um, let's say, upgraded to Wi-Fi 6 as we speak. So in today's world, all device manufacturers, they have Wi-Fi 6 uh, offerings as well, and majority of the newly shipped devices are actually shipping with Wi-Fi 6 chipsets. Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess end users are are going to get used to those that that faster speed pretty quickly. And if you're running a an old network, you're gonna you know the network admins really gonna hear from it. I bet. That's true. We also added um, a few other things for the network admin in um, in some of our management tools like DNA Center, so that the network admin can see whether the devices that are connected to its network to his or her network are supporting Wi-Fi 6 so, the, so that if there is a question how many devices are supporting Wi-Fi 6 in my network, that question can be easily answered. And there is also another, uh, let's say, aspect to those type of features. When you actually deploy Wi-Fi 6, obviously there is um, a natural question. Did that upgrade do anything for me? Okay, I can mm -hmm. talk and we can produce slides and um, talk about what are the benefits, but we added a few features in DNA Center so that the network admin can easily track if the upgrade was made, what are the improvements in the user experience? This is by the end, at the end of the day what matters because of that upgrade. Are the apps going to, uh, let's say, function a little bit better? Is the network more reliable? Is providing more bandwidth, uh, lower latency? All of those questions are going to be answered if the upgrade is made. Gotcha. So you, you talked a little bit about um... Cisco DNA Center. I also want to ask a bit about Cisco DNA Spaces. 
And, you know, the more I, the more I read about it, it seems to me that it's really going to reach its potential when deployed on a Wi-Fi 6 network. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. So obviously when we designed the new Wi-Fi 6 access points, we had you know, a few things in mind, Wi-Fi 6 standard being one of them. But there were a few other things that we wanted to let's say tackle. And one of those were related to was related to location technologies. So all of the Cisco's Wi-Fi 6 access points they ship with integrated BLE radios primarily needed for location technologies. And there are a few other things that we've done as well in our access points. Why am I mentioning this to you? Well, the way we let's say productize where we made location consumable to our enterprise customers and users is through DNA spaces. And in today's world, actually, location is becoming a little bit more important than it was, uh, let's say, a year ago or a few months ago, especially in an office type of setting. So I think now it things like you know proximity tracing uh, is getting into the common vocabulary for most of us. Honestly, I did not know what that was until probably like half a year ago. In, in today's world, we looked at DNA space and we look at what the Wi-Fi network is capable of in doing to help enterprises or companies, organizations in general, to get people back into work in a safe manner. And there are a few things that can be done even right now. And, you know, pun intended, there is a right now app in DNA spaces that can actually um, you know, monitor how many workers based on uh, the use of uh, devices are in a certain area, building floor, wing, or whatever. Let's say you want to set up a, a threshold. In this building, safely, I cannot have more than making up a number, a thousand people. And you can set the threshold once you reach a thousand users, or let's say 950 users, someone in building administration or uh, network admin gets a notification that that threshold has been reached. So you may want to take some actions to either limit the number of new people to go into that building or start um, reducing by asking uh, some other people to leave. So that's one example where location technology are, are being used. The other one is uh, in terms of proximity tracing. And this is not about you know tracking an individual person where he or she is going, but if there is, let's say, a case where someone is infected and has been to some buildings or some wings or, or floors, chances are that those areas need to be at least deeply cleaned. So if someone is infected, you can actually go back and check where that person has been so that that enterprise, that organization can take some action to either clean those areas more than likely, or if there are other people in the same area, maybe have those uh, people notified or take other actions that are necessary. Wow, that, those are some really important and uh, just powerful use cases for uh, DNA spaces. And I'm glad that, you know, Wi-Fi 6 is able to really kind of afford that type of network that, you know, we, we can use this. Um, we, we spent a lot of time talking about enterprise and larger business. But, you know, a person with a smaller business, you know, if the, he or she is listening to um, this podcast, you know, th they should be able to see the benefits of a Wi-Fi 6 network, right? Why, why should a smaller business look to um, deploying a Wi-Fi 6 network? Sure, that's a good question. But at the end of the day, if you kind of think about the type of needs and use cases that we talked about 
those are not necessarily linked to a large organization or a large company or an enterprise. The same type of needs are there for smaller businesses or smaller companies or smaller enterprises as well. So as, uh, let's say, a, a small company has people working to an office or retail office, um, uh, retail space, the need for bandwidth is there whether you have, you know, 1,000 workers or 10,000 workers or just 10 workers. Most people are using a lot more applications, a lot more devices, and those applications and those devices, they need more bandwidth and lower latency because that's how those applications actually work. And if you talk about, let's say, a, a retail type of uh, scenario, a lot of stores may be closed or functioning some special um, ways nowadays. But as we see stores kind of getting reopened, we also see some say automation things happening at a faster, space, faster pace, whether it's a large chain or a small mom and pop shop. I think a lot of people are trying to protect their health, their workers' health and their patrons' health. And they're looking on how can I open my business in a safe and healthy way that I minimize human contact, but still being able to operate. And those type of needs, they translate into employing arguably more machines like self-service, self-checkout, digital price tags. Those again are not specific to a large store or chain. The same type of needs are there for a small mom and pop shop. And if they are looking to deploy some of these, uh, let's say applications or, or devices, guess what? Most of those, are connected to Wi-Fi. You actually want to have them connected to Wi-Fi so you're not tied to a specific location where you have a wired um, available. You may want to be able to have self-service, self-checkout pods deployed anywhere in your store. So you may want to move them on the left side today or the right side tomorrow. You may want to have that flexibility that Wi-Fi is providing. And with Wi-Fi 6, you can actually have all these devices connected simultaneously. Great. Yeah, and I know that, um, you know, with Cisco's embedded wireless controller deployment, you know, the, a small business can, you know, deploy a Wi-Fi 6 network with all the Cisco features and functions pretty easily. I mean, you know, I know I don't have to tell you, but EWC is the uh, Wi-Fi 6 version of um, Cisco Mobility Express, and it you know, I guess it delivers a cost-effective, like I said, easily deployed and managed Wi-Fi 6 network. And you don't need a dedicated appliance like um, a controller or anything. Uh, basically, you know, a small business owner can deploy a Cisco Wi-Fi 6 network with just a um, Catalyst Wi-Fi 6 access point, you know, one of our 9100s. And um, as their business grows, the network can grow along with them. So I think it's a, you know, that's a really good option for, smaller businesses who are looking to you know, to grow a little bit and the, the the network can grow along with them, which is which is pretty neat too. I would add one thing there. Obviously, I agree with um, what you just said about embedded wireless controller. So yes, embedded wireless controller on a Catalyst Wi-Fi 6 access point is arguably the next generation of Mobility Express. But the way we looked at that was slightly different. Instead of like picking and choosing which features are available, where kind of making um, uh, an estimation what's needed by these smaller companies, we basically looked at the wireless controller and said, hey, all the features that are available for large enterprises, they should be available for smaller enterprises or smaller companies as well. Yes, gotcha. we looked at 
um, workflows so that things are not as complicated and as complex to deploy and manage. But every feature available to a large company in the form of a wireless controller, the same code, the same wireless controller can run on an access point, and that's called embedded wireless controller with everything being available as well. We, we've talked a little bit about big businesses and small businesses, but I, in general, but I'd like to get a little bit more specific. Um, sure. You know, there are a lot of different organizations that need Wi-Fi 6 and, you know, no, no two are exactly alike. You know, can you tell me about, you know, why different verticals might, you know, might want a, um, a Wi-Fi 6 network, you know, whether it's education or healthcare or retail or even manufacturing? Um, you know, we don't have to go through all of them. I know um, we're getting kind of short on time here, but, you know, just, yeah, a, a couple of highlights would be great, I think. Sure. So I did talk a little bit about workspaces and, and retail, uh, touch on that very briefly. Yes. Right. By and large, I think increasing automation is going to, uh, let's say, accelerate just because um, human contact needs to be minimized, especially nowadays. And we are seeing right now happening in, uh, in a number of verticals. I talked a bit about retail, but let's talk about a different one, let's say manufacturing. Manufacturing has been on this path of automation for I don't know, probably decades. But now we're seeing those type of needs to automate things going not just for large manufacturers, but even for smaller ones. And things like to automate or digitize operations in supply chain are becoming the norm for a lot of manufacturing companies. If you talk about healthcare, telemedicine or telehealth, this was let's say type of niche, it was growing, but today's exploding. I actually had my annual checkup, it was supposed to be like any other person, you go there and you see the doctor and the nurse in person. It was actually, it happened over WebEx with video. And Same with me. Same with yeah, me. There you go. <laughs> and I think this is going to only increase, so things like telemedicine, robotics, or let's say more mundane things to track different assets in, uh, in a healthcare environment, whether it's um, I don't know, an MRI machine or some sort of a um, uh, different kind of uh, sensor, those are going to be more and more automated. And guess what? Why is this relevant for, uh, for Wi-Fi? A lot of these devices are actually connected to a network. That's how you automate them. And most of them, vast majority of them, are relying on a wireless network because they tend to be mobile. That wireless network is typically a Wi-Fi network. So as things go into these, let's say, new normal type of trend, automation is increasing, and automation is based on connected things, connected devices, and that connectivity is typically done with Wi-Fi. So here's the, here's the million-dollar question. This is a question I, that I get every once in a while from our people reaching out. You know, at some point, do you think that 5G will ever replace Wi-Fi 6 or that it'll supersede it at any, at any point? You know, it's, I know uh, this is kind of a big can of worms that might be opening here, um, but what do you, what, what's, your, what's your stance on that, Christian? Sure. I get that question all the time, actually. So it's a bit of a deja vu. Um, if you kind of go back in time when 4G LTE was introduced, the question was, 4G will kill Wi-Fi guess what? It didn't. Now, there are a lot of benefits for 5G, don't get me wrong. I actually, you know, waiting to get a 5G phone and connect to a 5G network, um, hopefully soon. But 
that soon is probably going to take a while. 5G does need quite a bit of investment in, um, in network, not just devices, but in network as well. And it's going to take years, not months, years for 5G to be accessible for most people, uh, pretty much everywhere, not just downtown Manhattan or downtown San Francisco. Now, on, on the other hand, devices, they also need to be refreshed or replaced in order to take advantage of that. Cellular technology is not like Wi-Fi is not backwards compatible. So in order to connect to a network, that operator needs to provide 5G, 4G, 3G, 2G, so that older devices can connect. Wi-Fi or one single radio can provide all of that. So the short answer to your question is, no, I don't expect 5G to replace Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi 6 in, in particular. We do fully expect them to coexist. There are use cases that are more prevalent to be, uh, let's say, satisfied by 5G. Connected cars come to mind. Those type of um, use cases, they need reliable connectivity, probably lots of data to be passed around, typically at more than, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 miles an hour. Outdoors. That's a use case where, you know, has 5G written all over it. Now, on the flip side, if you go and talk about, let's say, an indoor enterprise, lots of those use cases are actually better served by Wi-Fi, particularly about Wi-Fi 6. There are economical arguments. Uh, how much does it cost to deploy Wi-Fi network versus a 5G network? How much does it cost to have devices uh, upgraded to the latest and greatest or be able to use your network to connect, um, let's say, older devices? And also, talking about expertise, Wi-Fi, like we were talking earlier, does leverage the expertise that was there with prior generations. With 5G or cellular in general, there is a new type of expertise that is needed uh, to, in order to manage and, and deploy. That expertise is not there. And last but not the least, the spectrum is also important as well. Cellular, by and large, uses licensed spectrum. There are some countries around the world where, you know, license, uh, unlicensed or semi-licensed or loosely licensed spectrum is becoming available for cellular, but that trend is only starting right now. It's going to take probably several years until it becomes uh, mainstream. Wi-Fi is using unlicensed spectrum, which also means free. So as an enterprise deploying Wi-Fi, they don't need to worry about spectrum. They don't need to pay anything for spectrum as long as the vendor, which is in this case Cisco, is complying with uh, the rules and regulations coming from FCC or other agencies around the world. Anybody can use those products. So long story short, we expect 5G and Wi-Fi, in particular with Wi-Fi 6, to coexist and serving primarily different use cases. And there will be some common use cases where both technologies will be likely used. Excellent. Cool. So uh, Christian, you know, I just kind of wanted to just double back a little bit. You know, we, we've heard all about how great Wi-Fi 6 is and the reasons for it. So, you know, so with all that being said, how can a network admin deploy a Wi-Fi 6 network? Can he or she leverage their current network? How complicated a process is, is this whole um, deployment? Sure. So let me talk about Cisco specific now because I, I cannot really speculate about other vendors' uh, let's say way of doing things. So with a Cisco network, you typically have an access point or multiple access points for that matter and wireless controllers. And the way Wi-Fi 6 is introduced is basically through new radios in, inside new access points. And it's actually as simple as it can be 
or a network admin to take advantage of Wi-Fi 6. If their existing network, let's talk about Brownfield because that's probably a bit more complicated. If their existing network has a relatively new wireless controller, meaning deployed in the last, I don't know, two to three years, that controller will ha handle Wi-Fi 6 APs as is. So there is no need to replace that controller. You can just replace an access point. Uh, at times, you can actually do a simple one-for-one -one replacement, keeping the exact same bracket, keep the access point in the exact same spot, and uh, move on. Now, should you need to relook at the access point location? Likely, yes. But if you just want to speed up a few things, then you can use the location as is. Greenfield type of deployment, I have a new building, I have a new site, I have a new branch or whatever. That's a, a very, let's say, um, straightforward type of deployment. You have some sort of a site survey to define where access points need to be placed. You install them, you connect to a controller, either an existing controller or a new controller, depending on the preference, and you're ready to go. Basically, everything that was learned, deployed, the configuration used in the past for prior generations, that can stay the same for Wi-Fi 6. Yes, there are a few new features that you may want to look at, but all the older features, existing features, they are being carried forward, and you can just uh, keep the configuration as is. Great. All right. Well, uh, Christian, I think, uh, you know, I think we could keep going on this, but, uh, you know, I, I think we, we also have to kind of wrap it up to, um, you know, your knowledge about this is vast and deep. You're the perfect person to talk to about Wi-Fi 6. So thank you very much. Um, I appreciate the time and, of course, the information. I think that we learned a lot about Wi-Fi 6. So thanks again. I, I appreciate it. It's great. Thank you, Byron. It's always great to talk to you, especially about Wi-Fi 6, which is near and dear to my heart. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Byron, and thanks, Christian. Um, honestly, I learned so much through this conversation, especially how Wi-Fi 6 is helping businesses, not only in the networking space, but just everywhere in so many industries to stay up during these unprecedented times just to scratch the surface of what you guys talked about. Um, a big shout out to our, our to our listeners for listening in and learning more about Wi-Fi 6 and just getting into the weeds about this. So thank you once again, and make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher to get inside the network with Cisco and stay up to date on all things networking. And we'll catch you next time on the Network Insider. Bye.